Trisden here with the Extreme Common Sense Podcast, thanking our friends at Berea Pond. We could not do the podcast without the generous support from Aaron and Robin at Berea Pond. And also, my house wouldn't have nearly as much cool stuff without all the items at Berea Pond. So when you're ready for your next furniture, gun, ammo, pallet, they have so much cool stuff, you're not ever going to regret going to Berea Pond. That's Berea Pond at 107 Clay Drive in the old IGA building across from near New Auto Center. Don't miss out. If you're from the area, you got to get into Berea Pond. I'm Trisden. And I'm Ray. What we hope to do here is find a little bit of middle ground on some of these extremely polarizing social and political issues. Welcome everybody to Extreme Common Sense. How's it going, Ray? Hello, Chris. Man, we're doing a phone show today. How about that? Another uh, <laughs> another step in our progression or, or black arrow. <laughs> no doubt, so you hear semis walk the drive by or something i'm actually outside and uh yeah i mean ambient noise welcome i say you know it's such a pretty march day today and uh, it's tough to sit in the house when i don't have to and when we can do a phone show yeah there we go okay that'll work yeah, doing a phone show if someone forgot their computer and also three serious uh dental work done today so if i if i pop my t's or slide my answers or whatever it is I'm, 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 literally i was in the chair at three o'clock it's now five thirty so um i imagine the uh anesthesia will be wearing off in a little bit well i get an implant so it was one of those deals where uh his name is larry Kopchik up in lexington i've literally patty i've literally been going to him for 35 years he's older than me probably 65 uh great guy and uh, I've spent a lot of money with him over 35 years, trust me. <laughs> I was born incredibly good-looking with a, with a, with a, with a you know, amazing sense of humor, great personality, loud. <laughs> yeah, man. No, that, that, uh, your wife oftentimes walks funny from putting out the giant ego, I'm told. So, yeah, it, indeed. Yeah, it's really one of those deals where you can go with that. I want to I don't like to tell you this. So it was two price. You built a bridge, and, and where you you go play the other team, they not. And, and, I, and again, I'm going to be about here. Well, I trust it. And and that was fourteen hundred bucks. Okay, and my my out of process. Hey, because we got them on insurance, but them on insurance always shuts. The implant, on the other hand, is thirty-one hundred bucks out of pocket. Made. Now he worked this all up for me in December, and I can make you that decision back and forth, talk to Patty, and she's like, "Look, you've got at least three years left. <laughs> <laughs> Just do the implant, you know, strong little tooth, yada yada yada." So I went with the thirty-one hundred and installments. Today was day one. It's a four-month project. It's three visits over four months. Wow. Yeah. So you, I, I tell you, because I did. So what did we do today? So what he did today is pop the cap off that was on there, went in, and the roof was ruptured. So we had to keep the root out, Tristan, and then put in granulated cadaver bone in the hole. That now that's a, a fetish, right? The granulated cadaver bone. No shit. <laughs> I, you said okay. So here he showed me the X-ray afterwards. He said so. Here's where we packed 
And, and I've got this little flipper that I'm wearing, which is a fake tooth that I'll wear for four months. And got two little wings that, that attach onto his gun. So that's why my speech is a bit, a bit funny. But he, uh, so the, the tooth was out during the x-rays. You know, so it's just a hole up it. And there's a fucking screw in there. But then he said, this is where we put stone in. And I was like, oh, synthetic bone? He goes, well, actually, it's granulated cadaver bone. So whatever they do to process it, but then he takes it. She gets it up in there, and that's what has to happen. The body has to regenerate around that bone. I think it's very similar to what orthopedic doctors do. They put a screw in or something. Yeah. And they tell you, because he told me not to chew on this thing for about 48 hours, so it's going to be, uh, it's my drinking days were still here. It's the all liquid, liquid lunches and liquid dinners, <laughs> but I'll probably be drinking like, you know, it's boost or whatever at the meal and I, you know, those kind of things. Yeah. So how does one give their bones to dentists for granulated cadaver bone? That's my question. Like, cause I think if that's a, like an organ donation thing and people don't realize they're going to grind your bones up and use it as fake teeth holders. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. I, and I get to see other parts of the body as well. Um, so yeah, he goes in and fills that home hold and I'll see a couple of sutures in there. So it's sore. But as far as, yeah, when you're donating your body to science, they tell you exactly what they're going to do with it all. And I, I wouldn't think they do, probably. I don't know. Or if there's a possibility they could use it for this or that. Or I guess once you say, here's my body, they're pretty free to do whatever, right? Well, it's two different things, right? Like your body to science versus organ donation. Isn't organ donation specific to the organs and then body to science is kind of this? Or am I confusing yeah, I that? No, I think that's exactly right. And in fact, there was a funny exchange on the wire. We've been, as I say, I've seen some of the wires, so I'm sure to rewatch it. It's a funny wire watch the first time. So good. And then, yeah, there was a, a McDulty, the main cop, or one of the main cops. He's trying to help this girl Doe. Uh, no, I shouldn't say trying to help. He's trying to find some identification. Because he says, you know what happens when they can't identify him? Well, what happens is, he finally gets up, like a bunch of She's in sex trade. He just can't sit dead end. And they just send that body on. Man. They mark it as a Jane Doe, and it goes to be used for science experiments and stuff. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Wild stuff. I mean, it has to come from somewhere, right? Uh, indeed, it does. Well, that's the advancements on the body and so forth. Yeah. Pretty wild. So I had a, I had a, a, a were you done? I didn't want to interrupt. Well, I was just, just this other thing that is really bizarre and could be a tad upsetting to you. And I can't tell you what the name of it is, but in the world of medicine, there's, of course, Gray's Anatomy, which we all know, and they made the show, and Ben Gray was a doctor who just, in painful detail, broke down body parts and, and cut cadavers and so forth. But there's another one, and I've read about this with Jewish doctors because there are so many, and they're very uh, conflicted. But Germans... And since they're German, it was in painful detail and elaborately done that incredible experiments of World War II, things in the body, and, and of course, documented all of them. It was all done on Jewish folks that were had, that had, you know, either get exterminated or were using the bodies after that. But so you're, if you're a doc, any doctor, specifically a Jewish doctor, you're like, what do we do with this? Because the fucking detail on the body is incredible and it's all there, but we're using not the experiment. Right. Yeah, that's one of those things, man. And and I don't know at this point if some of it is kind of like, um, I don't know, wives' tale. But, I mean, the things that you hear happen to, like, you know, Jewish women being bred with animals and things, like just the most sickening type stuff. Like, man, it just makes the Holocaust even 
with or without Jewish blood, just seemed like just such a, yeah, I don't know, unimaginable horror, I guess. Yeah, well, absolutely that. But I mean, it, it, like, I, I'm certain some of these people were uh, people of science who were, uh, you know, I don't, can't speak specifically to that because I actually haven't heard that. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. But I guess they wanted to see what, you know, what all was available. And uh, yeah, I don't know if it's, yeah, and I can I can definitely see that, that you know that that would be a sad thing, not a sad result, but you know there might be a few things that they actually learn that could you know help humanity long term. And you know, again, it's such a it's such a sick thing because, and again, I I can see that side of it, and also see the side of like you never want to say you know a good thing could have possibly because it, I think with something so polarizing, you have to just be on team it really was all bad even hoax yes yeah. maybe we figured out that there's an easier way to, to repair a lateral tendon sprain or something over the course and you know among other things but yeah it's such a you know well, such I, a back to lever. yeah that's been back to lever. people have basically uh, uh you know erred on the side of we really don't want to go near this because the palace was uh because the power the information was gathered now maybe prison has time roots on um and they the time, you know, maybe people will be less that way and feel well, you know what, but it, who, who knows, man, it's just very bizarre stuff, but I tend to agree with you, I don't tend to, I definitely agree with you that you should probably just leave that alone, go with Ray's anatomy and leave stuff that was done by the Nazis and World War II as part of their, you know, build a better race alone. Yeah, no doubt. But fascinating question and, and honestly I, I might have too much emotion to really argue about it. it would probably be a good question to have a scientist and a doctor to, to really sit down and hear but it's it, it, it to me it is just one of those things that is so polarizing that you're almost forced to just say you know even if it would save thousands of lives now it's so hard i mean that really is a, it's a fascinating well, good, good yeah, discussion I think there are people who are medical ethicists. That's a tough word. Just say with a take too. Yeah. And, uh, and, and they look at stuff like that, but you know, going forward, and I, I would assume you and I'll be locked out, but there will be somewhere in the not too terribly distant future, because I think it's already happening. You know, that thing where you've got organ farms that you can regrow kidneys, perhaps uh, change the heart fairly easily if, if, if that's not an oxymoron. And, and, and the brain, I think, is still way off. But if you can choose to change those mechanical parts, what then is the goal? You want people to live 150 years, 200 years? That means now oh, having heart trouble, we, we replace it. I age that in 50 years. I, you know, so there's all those ethical questions that are, that are really at hand now, I would say. Yeah, and then it also becomes, you know, then it's, of course, wealthy people who can afford to do that yeah. as opposed to, you know, just lower class people and then that becomes an ethical dilemma like you know that these rich people deserve to live longer and uh fascinating man i read a book by michael sure who's the guy um uh, who created the good place you may be familiar with that sitcom but he is a huge study uh student of ethics and he really gets into that in the book it's it's a it's a good entertaining book but it's almost um it's funny but it, it gets a little like you're in a college class just the discussion of very specific ethical situations and, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of very similar questions. It's, you know, if you can save five people with one, you know, body or something versus, you know, saving the one guy and the other people die. I mean, it's, it's fascinating kind of getting into some of these, uh, moral dilemmas. So, it, you know, that, that one is for smarter people than me.
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yes. I got off on a dentist tangent. Yeah. I found a little risky, that's why. I, you know, I've heard a lot of people say they really tune in for the dental content and get pretty disappointed that we that we don't do more of it. So that's for all for all those messages that we've received. You know what? And he didn't even get give me any narcotics. And I close data. I'll I'll just talk about that. I'll, I'll, I'll people who hate them. A lot of people say they make it feel weird. I don't like to take house. I fucking love them. I can see how, I can see how people get addicted. But again, as we've talked about on the show, I just don't think I'm a personality fuck. Yeah. But I, I couldn't get any Because I know him well enough to say any chance. He's like, nah, dying all these fine. <laughs> you're not going to sit there with a you because they can look like an ass. That's true. I really love them. I want them. But I've always, I've always worked up to the advantage of if doctors offer the prescription for the narcotic state, somebody will. Okay, that's and, and you know, fifty extra bucks for you at worst case scenario. So, nice. I can honestly not say that I've never sold narcotics, so I will not go on record as saying that because, I, and you know, probably the three times I've got them was I, I was a poor college kid or something, and right after, and yeah, I, I you know, I always said you know because I have addiction in my family. Again, I don't think I have an addictive personality with drugs but you know why chance it so i've always been kind of you know still give me that stuff and i'll just let it go or whatever but, so i've never taken a like it works <clears throat> i think i took an oxy when i had, I had impacted wisdom teeth taken out in old four-ish and i think uh that was the only time that i had actually um taken an oxy and i think i took one when i got home because they said you really have to do it and then I think from there, I just went, I started rolling with the 800 milligram ibuprofens and, you know, was fine. So, I mean, I, I'm sure I would have been fine to have taken a few more. I mean, again, I think when you really need them, you really need them. But, you know, I, I probably maybe a little bit of suffering. But again, you're 24 years old. You're fine. Um, yeah, I do like it. It's not because there's a high. I don't really associate a high with narcotics. What I associate is just a very nice feeling, like you got to, Go through the day, sort of float through the day. Not, not again, not high float, but you just you feel good. I, I, that makes me feel good. I guess that's not a point. Yeah, I guess that's I, kind of the point, I would imagine. Exactly. He's I mean, that people wind up addicted after surgery. Like, oh, this is a good feeling. I'd like this glass, you know. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, you're a drinker. I'm a drinker. I mean, again, if it made you feel bad, you wouldn't do it. It, it uh, you know, you do kind of feel a little bit better when you're, you know, having a couple of drinks, a little bit more relaxed. So. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason people do drugs. They don't just choose to have a bad, awful life and lose their teeth. They just, man, I, I would like this feeling to continue. There's a Kevin Spacey movie where he, by the way, what's today's topic? Oh, we don't know. Slightly off topic. Slightly off topic. There's a, I'm sure Kevin Spacey movie before he's going to a dump where he plays an alien and their race is dying out because sex amongst them is painful as it can be. Like, it's the worst feeling you could have. Oh, well. It gets you to thinking, you know, why the feeling is so pleasurable. Well, that's sort of in the evolutionary code, I would assume. If sex were a terrible thing and you didn't want to do it, the species dies out. So, if the God, Mother Nature, or evolution makes it feel quite pleasant, so that you want to do it. So I've read. <laughs> <laughs> And, and then on the, I don't know if it's a counterpoint, and I won't, I would bore people with my stories, but today I, I went to the dermatologist probably around the time you went to the dentist. So my, I went to the doctor, I've got this 
I would just always call it a zit kind of on the top of my, uh, like between the lovely thought. What a sexy tails. But it was, um, it's like a little zit on the, t like between my eyes on the top of my nose. And, uh, you know, I asked the doctor because I mean, oh, listen, <laughs> I could just hear people tuning in and telling their friends. And sometimes they talk about zits and dental works. You do not want to miss this podcast. This is the podcast. I mean, if you're not getting your, your dental work and zit content, church, prison and rare extreme common sense, unquestionable. So. My, my doctor and I, my regular doctor said, hey, you should go to a dermatologist and they'll, you know, they'll get rid of this thing for you. I mean, I've had it for like five years and it just, it gets a little bit big. I enlist my wife to, to squeeze it and get rid of this. And it gets big again. I'm telling you this nice story. So I get there and he's like, yes, I mean, I can restore you to a plastic surgeon. But I mean, again, this thing, you can't even see it really. It's yeah. naked eye. No, I've actually never noticed it. Well, it's not as like it's like the skin is closed. There's no opening or anything like that. I'll show you when, when we get together next because I got to give you. I've got to give you your book, so yeah, we got to get together soon. Um, but uh, so he was like, I'll tell you what, what they recommend us do, and I think it's a cyst is what it's called. Like it's a little inside my skin cyst. Right. And he said, um, you know, I could just give you a, you know, a steroid shot. I'm like, will I get rid of it? He's like, no. <laughs> well then what do we do and he goes but it might make it a little bit smaller and i'm like i mean if this is what you got doc i mean i guess we'll make it slightly smaller but uh yeah so i guess just forever like once a month i'm gonna have my wife just bring the fingernails and that's that's, that's what i'm living so on he put a shot right into the sick yeah he just he, he brought yeah, it in i didn't notice it i mean it was pretty easy yeah well that's another thing. Uh, shots. I'm old enough to remember when shots hurt like a son bitch. But they either the, either they refine the needles, the technique got better, a combination. But uh, shots, you almost like like if a shot hurts you now, that's the exception. Wouldn't that be a mental thing more? Or because has there really been needle technology? Oh, I think there has been. Really? Yeah, I, I think so. Fascinating. Yeah, needles were probably thicker and heavier if you look at it. Yeah, like everything else. I think they've been refined. Well, I'm definitely... I remember when needles hurt. I don't think it was a mental thing. I never remember being like, oh, God, a needle. You know, but uh, but I, I, you just don't feel them now. Even given blood, I think you used to feel it more. Like, they go in now, and I guess a lot of it has to do with the training of the, what are they called, phlebotomists? Yes. Blood to. That's it. Uh, but, you know, it, it doesn't... It's just like you turn your head, you put the needle in, and it's like, oh, it's in, okay. Yeah. Well, you know, if you talk to an old time doctor, they would say the needles have, have definitely refined, I would think. Interesting. Well, I mean, even like definitely like the COVID shots, man, it was like, you know, somebody was tapping you on the arm, like you didn't even feel it going in. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Which, I mean, I guess if you're getting that, uh, that Apple, you know, IBM technology for, you know, loading you up with those, uh, cameras and and yeah, so yeah i guess they know what they're doing but yeah i mean yeah that's right i mean you have to have a refined to put the little camera inside right that's it because they can't control you as a democrat robot unless you know that yeah. it does not hurt going in your arm for sure that's it so yeah but that's a pretty fascinating point i just i remember being pretty scared of needles as a kid but i you know i i don't recall them necessarily being more painful but you know we grew up at different times yeah i think it yeah, I think going back, they were. Yeah, that's an interesting question because I'm really only speculating. I would like to know that. I feel like I will ask the next doctor I see if he has yeah. any insights in that. That's a good question. So, do we have a topic? 
Well, we've got a few. I know you wanted to talk about sports betting, which is now mostly legal in lots of places. And Kentucky, I think, is pretty darn close to that as well. Well, the way I understand it, so it made it out of the House. All right. So now it goes to the Senate where it has died, I think, three straight years now. It's made it out of the House uh, for several years, and it hasn't passed in the Senate. But um, it was going to be a tough name to say with a with a bad David Thayer, who is the uh, Thayer, T-H-A-Y-E-R, the uh, Republican Senate leader, is on board this year. Um, and, and I think what they've done, Tristan, is they've brought the horse people in. I think they tried to do sports betting independent of Churchill and England, and you're in Kentucky. It's just not going to happen. Right. So I think in order to, like, place a bet, you'd have to go through your Twin Spires app if you have because. You know, there is gambling that's legal in Kentucky. It's perfectly legal to put a, a bet down on a horse, perfectly legal to play the lottery, and it's perfectly legal to do gaming like bingo at Galaxy did for years. Those are the three legal, you know, gambling in the state of Kentucky. You guys should bring that back, by the way. Uh, well, they actually moved to a bigger place. They kind of outgrew it, and honestly, it's been good for us because we've expanded the arcade and Frankly, they're making much more money, and you know, it was kind of a pain to, to be honest. They were good guys, but it was a bit of a pain to be asked. Yeah. So I, I personally don't miss it. If it ever had expanded to four or five nights, maybe, but it was only one night, Friday night, it was just kind of a pain. Yeah, it makes sense. No doubt. Yeah. But um, so, so sports betting now, uh, they've, they've done it a little differently. Uh, they took online poker out of it. Uh, I think last year's. Bill had online poker in it. So I think they've done some things to appease some of the no folks. But what's what's crazy is, and I don't think that you, you probably don't know this. I didn't know this. So there's 38 state senators in our fair Commonwealth. I definitely knew that, yeah. 30 Republican and 8 Democrats. So 30 to 8, man. Well, so all the Democrats have voted the past couple of years. So they've got 8 Democratic votes. Now, you would think that they would only need, what it would, would it be, 21 votes? Because you only need a majority, right? So you'd need 12 and 8, I guess 20, because 38, so half of 38 is 19. So 20 votes to pass it, right? Yeah. So you've got the eight Democrats, you need 12 Republicans. Unfortunately, you don't need 12 Republicans to get the little wonky, because you have to have a majority of the majority. So, so there's 30 Democratic senators. I'm sorry, 30 Republican senators, you need 16 of them. So you actually need 16 and 8 Democrats is 22. That's how many votes you need to, to, to get it over. And I think they've got like 14 Republican votes. They're trying to get those other two to get it to 16. Nice. So 16 and 8 is 24. So they, do they need 24 votes? Okay, 24. Okay. 24. Thank you. <laughs> nice. Map, map never is responsible. <laughs> I can do it with my calculator here. So that, those numbers get a little weird, but that's, that's where they're at. So just kind of that inside baseball, inside politics stuff. So you have to have a majority of the majority to get a feel like that passed. Now, I don't know what kind of, you know, what bill is, how they distinguish different bills and so forth. But so, so they've had as many as 14 Republicans vote yes in the past. If they get it to 16, and they've got their majority in the majority, and they've got the majority in the Senate, and it would pass. So there, there's only, I think, a couple of days left in the session, so we should know pretty, pretty uh, soon whether or not it's going to pass. And Bashir said he would sign. Nice, yeah. So fascinating stuff. And 
I don't know, man. I mean, there's good and bad with that, right? Like with, uh, you're going to have your gambling addicts and you're going to have these folks that, that, that don't know any better, but then those people probably already have a bookie anyway. <laughs> yeah. I said no judgment on the, and they're typically people with faith who, uh, in fact, can go about that thing. Oh, uh, you know, no, I've talked about Pastor of Union Church in Maria. Yeah. Which, which Union Church has always had a pretty progressive reputation, you know? Yeah. A, a welcoming church. But he's a, just a fine gentleman. I've never met him personally, but Dave, my buddy Dave Aaron knows, knows him well. And I, I, you could tell he was on a couple of debates that I saw. He's just a fine guy. Certainly passes the next test. Yeah. And he's got a moral opposition to, you know, gambling. And I get that. I sit no judgment. All things being equal, probably do better if you didn't gamble. But it isn't going away. And they estimate that a billion dollars a year leaving the state of Kentucky, you know, gross. Yeah. Of which, if they taxed it, you'd be looking at I don't know, upwards of 50 million in taxes, 40 million in taxes, which they're earmarking for Kentucky's pension, which is also a good thing. Nice. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So that would help shore up the pensions a bit. And uh, which is fine by me because the biggest part of our retirement is going to be my wife's, you know, pension as a, as a teacher. So, uh, I would like to see that, you know, shored up because apparently Kentucky's pensions are in a pretty bad way. No doubt. Like so many states, I guess. Yeah. So we shall see if we get some sports betting. But I'll tell you something funny. You know, New Jersey just went, you know, it had casinos since the mid-70s. But sports betting only came online 2019 or so. And my brother, who's a huge sports fan, but not never been much of a gambler or card player. You know, election like rest of it, a little here and there recreationally. That's kind of a buck now. He's betting, you know, 30, 40 bucks every Sunday just to have money on games that he doesn't have as much interest in as he would with that bucks on. Oh, that's pretty nice. And that, that is a good thing. I mean, if you've got the self-control, and I think most of us do. I mean, look, 99% of us probably do. You know, you could throw 50, 100 bucks on a game, you know, once every couple of weeks and really, you know, make that a pretty exciting game. So, yeah, something like that, I mean, it is. It's just, you know, we talk about, uh, you know, the cost we, we pay sometimes for this podcast and, you know, which we make a lot of that back in sponsorship, et cetera. But it's, uh, you know, when you start to ration out what it costs and what you're paying, I mean, it's just worth it for fun, even if you lose the bet every week. So, you know, 50 bucks to have four hours of enjoyment and you really sit by the TV and you just get a kick out of it. That's exactly right. Yep. And, you know, it's now... Uh, legal in five of the states that surround us. I think maybe West Virginia, I mean, it's legal in Ohio, it's legal in Tennessee, maybe Missouri, West Virginia, Missouri, it's legal in Illinois, Indiana. So, uh, you know, people are going to those states to, to gamble. Well, and to me, I mean, I'm in dry Berea, which is still prohibition era dry in some levels. We just finally passed restaurants, you know, can serve wine and beer. And I think maybe Boone Tavern has some kind of special licensed to the historical site. But I think, you know, we're just slowly getting to that point. But it is amazing how much money people are willing to to get rid of for something, again, that I think by most modern standards isn't that big of a deal if somebody wants to go buy some alcohol. And again, going back to my other point, it's not like the people who want alcohol aren't going to go get it. They still are going to have access to it. They just, we're not taxing it and we're not, you know, growing with that money and belief. Our buddy Dave Cox, who I hope is going to join us, a faithful listener, I hope he's going to join us on the air. Hey, Dave. He said when he, yeah, hey, Dave. When he said when he lived in, quote, unquote, dry Estill County, there were about five places within two minutes where he could buy beer. When he moved to wet Madison County, all the way out at uh, uh, Deer Creek, which is out for school road, he had to drive like <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. 
Oh, oh my gosh. Well, what? I mean, this is not down sales. This just is what it is. It's 30 years ago. But when I first moved here, I used to DJ out of the Lisbona American League, which was just, I mean, I'm only here like two years, like 1993. And I'm, you know, still the, the Northeastern Jersey guy with my attitude. And somehow I landed this gig out from Estill County. I think I had played a wedding. They liked what I did. They invited me to the Legion. And I mean, it was, the people were wonderful. It was great. But it was like, I used to think of some of my Jersey buddies. I mean, this was, you know, sort of the Beverly Hillbillies. But if it's quote unquote dry, right? That's what kind of still is. I, well, I, mean, I think it's kind of dry. But then it was a dry county. Chris, they had a bar that looked like our damn bar at Galaxy. Oh, wow. Behind a big steel door. And I think the local local guys were taken care of. Occasionally, the state troopers could come in and get a little hassle. But there was this big, heavy door. And because they moved equipment in and out, it was a pain in the ass. But I soon figured out that heavy door is for a reason. If they don't know you, you ain't getting in. Right. You know, man, that's fascinating. Once you went through that door, that fucking bar was rocking, man. It was a full bar. The guys were in there drinking and it was just crazy. Well, it always goes back to like kind of screwing the little guy and the poor people, right? Like when prohibition, it's not like the rich people didn't have complete access to everything. It was the guy trying to make some hooch in his bathtub with, you know, whatever. So, I mean, that stuff always existed. I, you know, I remember being seven, eight, nine years old in Pondville, Kentucky. Uh, and mom going to a bootlegger. And at that time, it was just, uh, this guy with a shed behind his house that was just loaded with Budweiser and Bud Light. You got your pick. You go. And, you know, you would circle around this guy's yard and, you know, you'd show up and he would either trust you or he wouldn't. And, you know, give him 20 bucks and get your case or whatever it was. And fascinating, man. Just, just fascinating stuff. And I was told, I won't name the, the liquor store, but one you and I are probably pretty familiar with on 25. Um, that I was told that, you know, semi trucks would just show up and load up with his stuff and head straight to dry Eastern Kentucky. And it was just going to, to bootleggers. Uh, you remember the garages that were attached to liquor stores. That was one of the things when I first moved down here. I was like, we can't drive some the bus. That was to make it convenient on the guys you're talking about. They would just drive through and they fucking load them up. Yeah. And out there, but, you know, I remember my dad when he was first here, came probably. I, it would have been in the late, late We go to it. And his dad makes trips down. Drove through Richmond. Obviously, the first time. He's like, oh, God, so there. A lot of liquor stores. I said, well, think about his dad. It's dry from here, Madison County. And uh, as you said, not even all of Madison County. Exactly. So from Richmond to the Tennessee border, which is, I don't know, sure, how many miles? 100 anyway? It's probably right at 100. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty good guess. It's dry. You got a hundred miles drive, so we're the last stop in Richmond, Kentucky. Now, obviously, that's changed, and uh, all those most most places now are wet. They're, the dry is now the exception, you know. Yeah, and uh, that that happened at the time that I've been here. But my God, Richmond had uh, I don't know how many twenty five liquor stores probably in a town our size. Yeah, definitely a lot of lot of those spots. Yeah, and a lot of these townhouses now. There's probably you know the towns that. Really, a handful. It's some of the big ones. Put the little guys out. You know, it's nowhere near the number of liquor stores that were priced to well when I moved here. Yeah, as, as true. went wet, the bootleggers weren't needed. Yeah, that's very true. And just fascinating to watch how that all happened. And, you know, I'd never put two and two together on the closing of so many additional liquor stores and the becoming of wet to, you know, a lot of the towns and, and counties to our uh, east. Yeah, east, south. south. <clears throat> yeah. Pretty fascinating. Yes. I, I mean, I used to I used to make that comment about about Briggs. I love the town. 
It's every hey, so you reminded me because I have that New England uh, little prejudice. Hey, so you reminded me of a little New England town, the quaint, the, the uh, town square, if you will. And Papalino's fantastic. I mean, just some of the best people ever. But you couldn't get a beer with it. I was like, I'm like, God, man, I, I, I love bread, but you can't get a beer. Now, people like bread for the fact that you couldn't get a beer. But now, the fact that you can, I think, is fantastic. Yes. Now, it is, it is fascinating to, to think because I'm sure most people don't even realize there's still pockets of the country that are still under Prohibitionary rules. Pretty wild. Oh, I'm sure that's right. Yeah. It can start, you know, there used to be blue laws in Jersey when I was a kid growing up. There were certain stores, stores that uh, couldn't open on a Sunday, which honestly, to me, I have a friend, just love them. Sure, just love John. went to hell when everything was 24-7. Like, it was nice when the town rolled up at 8 o'clock at night. If you didn't have milk by 8 o'clock, you weren't getting milk. Uh, when, when things were closed on Sunday, because it forced a little more neighborly days, camaraderie. But when we went to 24-7 and everything was convenient, that's when we sort of lost our way. Now, that may or may not be true. It's an interesting observation, but I remember when things were closed on Sunday. And in my mind, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I mean, again, I think it all comes down to money. And if folks can make a few bucks by being open on Sunday, um, of course, they're going to do that. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely something to be said for you're being forced to, to go home and spend time with your family and not, you know, be out carousing or whatever. So, I mean, you know, simpler times for sure. I, I, you know, Walmart's here in town went to uh, back to more traditional hours during COVID. And I think they still are not 24 hours. And I'm fascinated, you know, it's 10 o'clock or 11 or whatever time they close. Like, that's it. Like, I'm blown away that, you know, I would have to go to Richmond now to even go buy a donut or something if, if I wanted it. So, yes, yeah, pretty wild. You've got the Chick-fil-A bottle, which is the largest grossing fast food chain. They are placed McDonald's now, and they are closed on Sundays. Now, I think this caveat, I think part of the attraction to that place, people will argue with this, mate, will argue this with me, is that they close Sundays. It's got a lot of appeal to Christian folks, and so they give them their business during the week. You know, the fact of that is it's just a damn good chicken sandwich. But Chick-fil-A does the business that they do. Uh, uh, all right, so I, I can just give you some hard numbers. You will need talking. That store in front of Richmond Center in our little fair town in Richmond, Kentucky, $3.6 million back here. Our business, which you could fit four Chick-fil-A's in, right? Easily. Yeah. 48,000 square foot building. Easily. Get three point three three point oh three point one million. So that fucking Chick Fil A did more than we did closed Sundays, and that's Chick Fil A across the country. Yeah, and you know the fascinating thing about that, Ray, and I'll say this as somebody in the businesses of promoting businesses every day. And look, I don't necessarily agree with all of Chick Fil A's views or you know things that they present. Or hatred of homosexuals. Sure, okay, fine. Chick-fil-A hates the gays. If you listen to the left-wing media, I'm sure the truth is somewhere closer to they probably don't want to spend their money on certain things, but whatever. They're entitled to their opinion, and if folks don't want to eat their chicken sandwich, don't eat it. But I will say this. I'm fascinated by how many great businesses there are, great businesses that I deal with personally, that they have a great business model, they have a great product, and then they'll have somebody that is rude or not friendly. Chick-fil-A, when you go there, those kids are treating you like gold. Well, how many sauces do you want, sir? And is there anything else I can do to make your day better? 
Like that's a good business model. And it's so hard to teach that. I mean, you almost have to just hire people to kind of have that personality. But man, I've watched businesses go out. But again, a great business model. And if you could just instill the Chick-fil-A training into McDonald's and Taco Bell or some of these other spots, like they would make a lot more money too. I mean, I think, you know, again, you could you could go to Burger King or you could go to Chick-fil-A. And if you're kind of like, I could go either way. You're always going to choose Chick-fil-A because Burger King's going to be like, well, we're going to charge you 28 cents for those sauces. And if we have them in stock and, you know, they may be. It's not even that show. That's the issue. It doesn't give a fuck that he's there. Exactly. Yes. Uh, you're bothering me. Uh, that's a great point. And yeah. Um, they're trying to eat fries and, and you're interrupting their day. But at Chick-fil-A, man, they're attentive. You know, they're attentive to you. They're attentive. Yeah. They they want to make you happy. And they're, that's nice, man. That is just a, it's a, it's a good experience. I've never left there thinking, you know, I'm in a worse mood than I was when I went in. I would say another example would be Starbucks. That was obviously part of Starbucks training. But, you know, the cynics will tell you, uh, like our friend Matt Gage, ah, so it's all put on and they take these fucking kids and they turn them into robots. Whatever. <laughs> what you just said is exactly right. It's a very pleasant experience. Right. And, and to that point, yeah, you may be robotic at work, whatever. Look, we all have to put on faces at work. We can't, you know, I can't go cuss you out if I'm having a bad day. Look, work is work. You kind of you put on your, your face you know, whatever you have to do. So look, you can be a nice kid at a drive through You don't have to be mad, right? right? So, yeah, no, I'll take that all day long. Yeah, no, it's, it, it, it's obviously working because they have the most successful fast food franchise and, and model, I guess, that's ever been in American history. So, I mean, that's, and there's a lot of that. Man, but, well, I've got a great fast food story for you, too. I mean, I don't remember what year it was when, um, you know, everybody was sort of boycotting Chick-fil-A because of uh, they felt as though their views were anti-homosexual. Right. And I was like, man, you know, I've got some gay friends, and, you know, obviously that matters to me. And, you know, if I've got other choices, I'm not going to eat it at Chick-fil-A. And uh, so I remember, I was, you know, I was probably six months into this Chick-fil-A boy. And again, I probably wouldn't eat there two or three times a year at most anyway. You know, if I'm on a trip or something, I try to not eat that much fast food. But uh, to your point, they make a pretty good chicken sandwich. And, uh, you know, I'm six months into this boycott and uh, I see my gay friend eating at Chick-fil-A or one of my gay friends. I'm like, well, you bastard. I'm basically not eating that to kind of support you. I said, if you're going to the chicken sandwiches, then I feel like I should not, you know. There again, I think some of this dumb, you got to boycott everything we don't completely agree 100% with. Yeah, it's a little bit over the top. So I've tried to just be a little bit more like, you know, and again, if, if they're owned by Nazis, you know, we'll, we'll rethink and we'll not be in there. But uh, within reason, look, if, if your religious differences don't match mine completely. Hey, you made an exception with Marge Shot on the Reds, I'm sure. <laughs> you know, that's accurate, but I don't feel like I knew at 10 years old I wasn't as in tune with what what all that meant maybe as i would have now but but again you know you take that example i mean jesus christ marge shot is canceled you know 10 years ago 15 years ago like she, she's not a, a major league baseball owner when some of that stuff oh, comes out. no 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 that was that was the 90s because, because howard started it a bit he had the fred was his side one of the sidekicks and fred could do any voice god he was amazing and he would come on as mr Shay hey, howard how you doing and, and of course it, it was just so off i can't even do it i on art, <laughs> it used the N word, but it's like, well, that, so that's what it was. She's like, Howard, I treat 
I am for it. Yeah, I'm just not, you can't say that. I know how when I'm telling you, I treat him like, oh, I <laughs> And Tristan, your fucking ears are rolling down your face. I, I used to commute to Morristown, New Jersey at NFP. Conflux reached 87 and 287 of Zoe's back then. And you would look at these cars around you and, and you'd see these dudes by themselves, like going to work, and they're laughing. <laughs> yeah. Man, Stern is, you know, just an unbelievable talent. You like him or hate him. Like, you cannot deny that man's got a talent for radio. One of the best interviewers I've ever seen. Yeah. And, and I think that sometimes gets overlooked in all the, you know, the, yeah, the, he has porn stars on or whatever else. And, you know, I think you overlook the fact that Howard Stern is a, is a talent as well. I mean, the shit that he had Trump talking about was unbelievable. And always referred to him as Mr. Trump. And I heard him talk about that. But, so, you know what? I didn't have to be to him. I never wanted to be put off. It was always Mr. Trump. Yeah. And it wasn't done like the decently. He just said that he would talk to Trump about all kinds of stuff. It's like the space team interview, you know, that was recent. He's just an amazing interviewer. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I'm sorry, man. Do we have a topic? Well, I think that is the topic. Well, no, I think you just wanted to talk uh, some sports betting, which I think we touched on. Yeah. Um, we touched on that. So yeah. I would like to see it. I, I think, uh, as I said, we'll know for soon. It, but, you know, it's funny, Tristan, these folks, because I'm old enough to, to have remembered. I was a kid. But, you know, when so only Las Vegas ever had betting. And, then, of course, Atlantic City came online in the mid-70s. But it was put up the most three or four times before it passed in New Jersey. Um, so, so it typically takes double votes before these things. You know, because it is a big side of change, I say. Yeah, uh, definitely. And you understand, too. I mean, of course, you know, we have a lot of folks that are, are, are big into the church and, and their morality is, you know, well, the top of, you know, you sort of touched on it earlier. You get it. We're going to come along a little bit slower than some other other places. But, yeah, I think it's time. And, you know, again, why send a billion dollars to, to Tennessee when, when you don't have to? Right. So, man, you get you should get a purple heart. By the way, doing a, a forty-five minute show after dental work, and, and we're still going. It's good for you. Yeah, ironically, I'm seated not three feet from my dad's purple heart, so I take that as a cop. Very nice. So, I was going to say uh, it's pretty cool. I got invited to a Governor Bashir fundraiser in a few weeks. I'm pretty excited about that. Oh, pretty cool. How much that about? You know, he's coming to this new restaurant in Berea. I say new, it's probably a couple years old now. I think it's Weavers or Churchill Weavers. It used to be the old Churchill oh, yeah, Weavers yeah. building. But uh, yeah, so kind of a, a fundraising dinner that um, that is going to be, yeah, I, I assume I probably should go buy a, a newer suit. Uh, but yeah, so pretty fascinating. Like, I look forward to that. And, uh, you know, I'm a big, well, like, how does it transpire? How did, what's the invitation? What's the what, what's the deal? Well, um, I've got a friend who's in uh, local politics. I, she probably wouldn't mind if you mentioning her name, but I guess I won't. Um, but uh, she's a local business owner. Also, uh, she was in local politics, just had an unsuccessful run, um, but still pretty politically active. And, um, you know, we're, I, I don't know, friends is uh, the right term, but maybe like, good acquaintances, just below friends. And, uh, she sent me an email. She ran some ads with me during her campaign and said, Hey, we're doing this big fundraiser. And, um, you know, if you want to tell them, we'd love to have you. And I was like, Oh man, heck yeah. And I, I think it's kind of expensive. So I'm kind of concerned about that, but outside of the, 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 the how much the plate of food costs, it, it should be a lot of fun. You know, what the cost is. I do. Should I say it on air? Yeah. I Twenty five hundred bucks. No shit. Yeah, so that's a 
that's a bit for a dinner, but still would be pretty cool. Five hundred? Yeah. I'll send you the I'll send you the flyer. I was gonna think I was gonna say, hey, can I use it my way in? So you're not going unless you're ponying up. Yeah, I think they want you to pony up. Now I will say this because yeah, I'm not paying five grand to take my wife to a dinner. I told her, I said, look, I don't want to pay five grand. And she said, yeah, you don't have to pay five grand. So, I mean, I, I, that will, that will wedge down. That will be substantially lower, but you know, we'll see, you know, I don't know exactly that'll mean, but it's not going to be near five grand. That's on the flyer that you're supposed to pay to go. Wow. That's wild. And I'm sure, right. So I'm sure there's a lot of negotiation. That's, I mean, I thought you were going to say, I thought you would say, 500 bucks. You know? That's what I would have thought. That's exactly the amount when she had first invited me. I thought, yeah, probably 500 bucks. So, but start waging that with, you know, having dinner with the governor. And, you know, that's pretty cool and what that could mean for you. Well, uh, well that, that is true. And it is an election year. We will, we will elect a governor in November of 23 because Kentucky is one of those few states that has those odd year elections. And have you seen the ads that Matt Yeager told me this moment? This woman, Kraft, have you seen her running that? Yes. You know who she is, right? Yes. It's fucking Gil Kraft's wife. Now, for the uninitiated, Gil Kraft is perhaps the wealthiest Kentuckian, second wealthiest. Yeah. Second, John Calabari flies on Joe Kraft's private plane around the state. He's recruiting around the country. And it's the Joe Kraft Center where the, where the basketball players live. He's a cold, multi-millionaire. I guess a billionaire. That's all from Eastern Kentucky, and it's his wife, Kelly, running for governor. So obviously they have a limited, uh, uh, limit left uh, uh, advertising because she's running ads on that. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they have deep pockets. So that's who, I, I, she seems to be the most prominent Republican thus far taken off this year. It's going to be very interesting to see if, if he can win re-election in, you know, a white-red state. I mean, I think he's been a very competent governor. Oh, he was great during COVID. I mean, you hear some of the dissenters on the right that, you know, he went too far on some of this stuff. But I think with the limited knowledge we had at that time, you know, I, I was pretty pleased with how he did. Yeah, amongst other things, mm -hmm. I mean, he's been a very reasoned, you know, and maybe that's the way politics should work is, is that you have, I, I always recall George Will, the great conservative journalist, saying that there should always be a check and a balance. A Democratic president with a Republican House and Senate is great, or vice versa, Republican or Democratic, because it keeps them in line. When, when one party controls, it, it's problematic. I, I don't disagree with that. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's okay for a few years to have a, you know, a, a supermajority, but you have to get any longer than that. It, yeah, you, people run, run wild, and nobody needs that. I mean, I, Andy Fischer certainly has my vote, not because he's a Democrat, because I think he's done a very competent job as governor. I would agree with that. And, and I think, um, you know, the, the question will be, I mean, he kind of came in at, a, at the perfect time to be a Democrat running for governor with uh, Matt Bevin, who by most accounts was not the best. And, uh, you know, he, he was talking about cutting teacher pensions. And I think yeah. the teachers in the state really organized quite well. You know, and a lot of those folks, Republicans. To say, look, uh, Devin's got to go. This is not good. And so you wonder if he'll be able to sort of garner that type of support or, or you know, if he'll be able to rally folks in the ways that he did a few years ago. Right. Yeah. It's, it's tough. It's tough for any Democrat in, uh, in the state of Kentucky. As I said earlier in the show, 38 state senators and 30 are Republican. Now, that is a super majority. Indeed. And I would say the eight are from Jefferson County, 
Fayette County, Lexington, and Louisville, and maybe, gosh, I don't know, Owensboro. Uh, Bowling Green or Owensboro, maybe. Yeah, Dave uh, Harrison, our, our buddy, tells me, lives in, in, up there in Boone County. I believe it's Boone County. Boone, Kenton, Oldham, those are the way that kind of stick up there. You know, it's lower Cincinnati. It's a quite conservative part of the state, so it's probably may not be a state senator. He's a, he's a Republican up there, but 30 out of 38 is a super majority. That's yeah. pretty big. Yeah, you're definitely passing some some crazy laws with that majority if you want. Yeah, yeah. We look at the way we voted, we as in Kentucky, for Trump. It was Fox 733, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was not close. And the 33 is made up of Louisvilleian, Lexingtonian, and a couple other little pockets, you know. Well, certainly that's the places that win. But I always say, you know, even in Madison County, for example, it may be 65-35 or, you know, 60-40. But we've got our share of closeted, hidden, you know, liberals here and Democrats. Yeah. But, yes, it's definitely, yeah, not way, way more so red than, than blue. So you were going to ask me about... Uh, Going up to Columbus and seeing Springsteen. Yeah, how was Bruce? How many times have you seen him now? Fantastic trip up until we got to the stadium. I should have shown you the, uh, the arena. I'm sorry. And we're walking up to the arena. We took an Uber. And I, as we're walking up, I'm like, all that crowded. We walk up and it says, Joe postponed. So I get Oh, no. And I'm like, hey, what does this mean? Those shows most on that. You were in Columbus, Ohio. You sound like you should have been in the U.S. Yeah. I'm like, the Springsteen show for tonight? He goes, yeah. That it is Springsteen. I'm like, yeah, that's who it is. Oh. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Springsteen is canceled for tonight. Yeah. Close, close. So I, and then he postponed his two shows in uh, Connecticut and Albany, New York. So I'm assuming it's COVID because a couple of band members had COVID, but if a band member falls out, Still be the show. Bruce gets it. I was the show. Yeah. So they have a jet and any of the skates, but I'm assuming that it's probably COVID. And I had the next show. I'm not sure where. Uh, we'll have to see if he plays it. But I, I, yeah, I think so. Now we've got you know, you know, none of this shit is cheap because the kids went with us. So it was over six hundred bucks in tickets. Oh, jeez. And, and now they're just stuck on my Apple Wallet. Go back. You can you can get the money back. Uh, however you pay it today. Credit your credit card, but um, I'm just going to hang on to them and see when they reschedule for it. Take another trip up to Columbus, but we made the most of it. We got up there and them. You know, I didn't really check my phone. They had sent an email, but they didn't send the email until like three thirty. We were already in route by two o'clock. I think it's one thirty maybe. So we even if we had gotten, if we had already paid for the night, we probably would have gone either way. You know, if I'd have gotten to Richmond, we probably would have gone. But if we were up the road probably would have just continued and we found this bar right adjacent to the arena and this guy kudos man he plays nothing but springsteen oh nice yeah i've never been to any bar like this there was probably at least 70 taps along the wall and you get a fucking wristband you leave your credit card they put you four wristbands and you put your wristband up against the like a magnet and it lights and you've got so many seconds before you can pour an ounce you can fill it here whatever but each beer is described what it is, so you can try all these different beers. And again, there were like 70. And there's some basic like ultras and Medellas and stuff. There's all kinds of other craft beers and shit. Man, that's cool. cool. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. yeah. It was just blasting Springsteen in the bars, but we made the most of it. That sounds like a lot of fun. Now, speaking of that, I've got to figure out uh, what to do for St. Patrick's Day this year. 
Amateur night, as our buddy Ron calls it. But yeah, but and I want to get back to to your to your trip, but just as a sidebar. But uh, how many times have you seen birds? Uh, I don't think now, probably it. Nice, very cool. Yeah, so now I still see the dead one because I saw that the great that itself two thousand five. Oh wow! Dead company now, probably four. So yeah, I'm pushing thirty with the dead. But hell, our buddy Mark, our faithful listener, if we get Mark on, he can talk about this. By his count, he's seen the Grateful Dead over 300 times. Oh, my God. Isn't that crazy? That's amazing. So he was definitely on the bus. I was never fully on the bus or a full invested deadhead, but Mark was. They were. They would go to towns and work a little bit and collect up enough money to go to the next show. And You know, this is 21, 2, 3, but that would be a great thing. To, as I say, Mark's a, a faithful listener, and that would be a fun thing to talk about. Like, how do you stay at band 300 times? That would be pretty cool. I mean, he's got to have some great stories from that. Oh, yeah. I know a few of them. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Would he tell them on air, I guess, is the question. <laughs> Not all. Nice. Well, good stuff. But, uh, but yeah, how about you? I mean, let's probably wrap up and let you get, get some Tylenol in you soon here. But uh, what do you recommend, man? Anything going on for St. Patrick's Day? I mean, because obviously amateur night going to uh, – so even I love the paddy wagon, but, I mean, it's going to be standing room only, right? Yeah, I love, yeah the paddy wagon. Very nice little bar. I actually went there. Big fan of that place. Yeah. For the fish. And uh, it was at night of the wind. Uh, the power actually went out, which was interesting. Oh, nice. But, uh, yeah. Uh, but I'm sure the fun guy just rocks up. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good style. True. You know, I'm, you got to find an excuse to get back there. But yeah, I need to go have a green beer somewhere on Friday. So yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. Crazy. Galaxy. I don't think we have. You know, we might have pushed the diet. But uh, I think you can get a green club where they actually drop the guy in. Oh, that's cool. Nice. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. No, yeah, good stuff. Well, cool, man. Will you want to do a little comedy and, and, and let you get the meds and hope this uh, yeah. phone chat sounds okay? <laughs> I don't have my book, so I, you know, I could only tell. I told probably when we first started the show, it is my old time favorite joke that I remember. And it was the two old men sit on the park fence in Florida, and the one guy says, Man, I've gotten this new hearing aid, and it is amazing. I hear absolutely everything. You know, my wife was after me to get it, I just blew her off. You know, and I, and I finally got this, and I, she was right. I should have gotten it years ago. I just, it's amazing. I hear everything. It's incredible, and I, I feel dumb that I didn't get it earlier. And his buddy says, whoa, that's wild. What kind is it? The guy says, I'll find two photos. It's my favorite kill. It's an only but a goodie. That, that is good. I don't know why, but I love that. That's good stuff. Yeah, yeah, I've got, uh, got a little, little Berea Parn. <laughs> Berea Parn would love this. As, you know, my buddy leans a little farther right than we do. Uh, actual nicknames for Ted Cruz. And one of the things with some of this comedy, I say, I use the word actual pretty liberally. And when maybe sometimes it's not actual, these are actual real nicknames that folks in the media have given um, uh, Texas Senator Ted Cruz. So funny. Yeah. Well, I, the one I know is Trump's lion, Ted, right? Yeah, of course. I've got lion Ted listed here. I've got, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six. And these are all actual. Ted Cruz nickname. So yeah, so we'll, so we'll go with Lion Ted first. That was Donald Trump. And uh, I think most of these have who actually nicknamed him. So uh, Fat Wolverine. 
which is a ridiculously great nickname that was given to him by Rick Wilson. Um, but uh, Fat Wolverine, man. But, but, you know, some of these nicknames, and I don't, you know, I, there's so many Republican politicians that I just revere, and I think they're so great. But Ted Cruz to me, and, and I'm sure Democrats have an equal but opposite on our side, but he is such a sleazy dude. Um, does not pass the Does he not? I don't want to Yes, true. And I don't, I don't like it. I'm sorry. Yeah, I agreed. And so, okay, so another Donald Trump, uh, beautiful Ted. So now Trump has named him beautiful Ted, and I think that was after he called his wife ugly, and then he, he still all this, and then he then and Cruz still now has his back, and it's pretty fascinating, man. I know politics makes some strange bedfellows, and I know politics can get pretty ugly. I think once somebody calls your wife a dog. Like you pretty much like you can't be in their corner, right? Like you've got to have some moral compass that just says, look, I don't care what it does for my base. I'm not on team Trump. He dogged my wife out. So yeah. So now they're friends again. Beautiful, beautiful Ted. So now speaking of Republican politicians that I revere, this is from John McCain. I was a big John McCain fan. We're heroes. Called him a uh, wacko bird. He, he, that was his nickname for Ted Cruz was wacko bird. <laughs> pretty, pretty funny. Um, no one to tell me where this one came from, but it was, of course, from when the Texas had the big power outage. Uh, oh, the yeah. internet nickname for him was Cancun Cruz. So he sort of skipped out on, yeah. <laughs> he can't beat Cancun Cruz. No, that's great. <laughs> My God. And the last one, actual, genuinely actual, uh, Ted Cruz nicknames. And this one is from Saturday Night Live from Michael Che. Stat uh, Dracula. Yeah. Fat Wolverine and Stat Dracula. Those are two of the photos. But I love Pat Wolverine. He built <laughs> such a big at him, and it sounds like something he was terrible. Was going to go on a Cancun cruise? Yeah. Um, and, and he just showed his ass in that whole Man. situation. Right. And then to play like his wife and the kids wanted to go. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Huh. Stand up. Oh. Gosh. I left my constituents down. I mean, he's just, he's just a terrible human. He does feel like, and you know, some of that's the meaning perpetuated, but man, there's some sleeves about him too. They're just genuinely is. He is, he is the Republican Vampire winner. Yeah, there you go. They're completely fair. So, and again, you know, if uh, you guys are looking for a great new podcast to listen to, where else are you going to find great content like your dental work and my zit? So, this, this. I think you just, I think I know the title now. You just came up with the title. <laughs> That's right. It's dental Works and Vits with Tristan and Ray. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, yeah. Uh, indeed. So, yeah, we'll see how this phone chat sounds. And, uh, yeah, man, we'll, uh, we're upward and onward. So, definitely thanks to, thanks to Aaron for making it all possible at Berea Pond. Could not do without you, my friend. The Rational Boomer Podcast. Troy at Front Porch Studios, Nate, of course, at Stove Leg. And uh, if you get a chance, give us a nice review on Apple or Spotify, and I'll mail you a T-shirt or something. So, and Troy, don't forget Troy. All right, I said Troy at Front Porch Studios. I, I, I read him right off. Yeah, the dental work's probably messing with your ears. It's understandable. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Ryan. Yeah, man, take care. Thanks for listening to Extreme Common Sense with Trisden and Ray. We hope you had fun and look forward to taking on another topic next week.